With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everyone? I'm Joe Pompliano, and this is The Joe Pomp Show. Gerard Piquet's new soccer league, the Kings League, is disrupting soccer as we know it with a completely new style of play. Many of you have probably seen this league online because millions of people are watching each of the games. But what exactly is it? How does it work? And how do they make money? This podcast will break down the Upstart Soccer League and what it could mean for the future of sports. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode, so let's get right into it. All right, so earlier this year, more than 92,000 people packed Barcelona's Camp No. These fans paid between $10 and $64 to attend, and the match generated millions of dollars in ticket sales. Celebrities were dropped off at midfield by a helicopter, and FC Barcelona president Joan Laporta danced in the stands while music and concerts reverberated throughout the stadium. But this wasn't a La Liga match. FC Barcelona wasn't in town, and the UEFA Champions League didn't start for another several months. Instead, this was the Kings League a new 7-on-7 amateur soccer league in Spain, founded by former Barcelona legend Gerard Piquet. The Kings League is only a year old, and the rules barely resemble traditional soccer. Players aren't even professional, and they are paid just a few hundred dollars per match. But still, the Kings League has gained significant traction, and many people think that they are building the future of professional sports. So let's dive in. Now, the Kings League was born in July 2022, FC Barcelona legend Gerard Piquet, he owns an investment firm called Cosmos Studios. They invest in a bunch of things around sports and content. He was walking to lunch with his business partner and now the CEO of King's Lead, Oriol Cuar. And Oriol tells a story to The Athletic. He says, we were discussing the problems of traditional football. He said, 90 minutes has become a long time. And sometimes a match can end 0-0. In the Champions League final, for 20 minutes, there can be no content. Now, Piquet and Quarrel's main concern was that a younger generation of football fans wanted more action in a quicker, condensed format. Piquet told The Athletic, I can tell you from my own experience. I have two kids. They need everything quicker. It's difficult for them to concentrate on anything for long, but they can also be involved in three different things at the same time. We should not force them to change their consumption habits. We have to adapt ourselves and our products to what the audience wants and likes. So Piquet and Quarrel thought of it like a video game, and they set out to reinvent the sport. They purchased a refurbished warehouse near Barcelona's port to host games. They posted an application online for players on their website. They got 11,000 people to apply, and they eventually picked 180 of those applicants to enter a draft like you would see in the NFL or NBA. But most importantly... The Kings League worked with fans to create a new set of rules based on things that they wanted. For example, the Kings League is 7-on-7 seven seven rather than 11-on-11. 11 11. Kings League matches last just 40 minutes across two halves rather than 90 minutes. There are unlimited substitutions rather than just five per team. And yellow and red cards are still a thing, of course, 
but players who receive a yellow or red card are sent to what's called a sin bin, like ice hockey, where you have to wait two to five minutes before rejoining your team. Furthermore, all Kings League matches are played on the same day, Sundays. Each roster has just 12 players, seven starters, three bench players, and two what they call wild cards, which are essentially just guest players that can rotate from match to match. And if that wasn't enough, prior to each match, coaches select an envelope with what they're calling a secret weapon inside of it. This secret weapon can be used at any point during the match, but it can only be used once during the match. Now, these secret weapons range from things that are super popular to things that are less popular, but they include things that are like double goals, right? So if you use your secret weapon, any goal you score for the next two minutes counts for two goals. They also have removing a player, pretty self-explanatory. Teams can remove an opposing player from the game for two minutes when they show that secret weapon. And then they have center penalty kicks. This is like an ice hockey shootout. They have a striker at midfield. He takes a penalty kick, 1v1 versus the goalkeeper. No other defenders on the field. So the rules are completely different, right? The kickoffs are different. The substitutions are different. They're unlimited. They have the secret weapon. There's no draws. They have a draft. All the games are played in the same arena on the same day. It's super unique, totally different from what you would see in traditional football. But the smartest thing that the Kings League has done so far, and the reason why they've been so successful, which we'll get to in a minute, is the league's distribution strategy. Now, let me explain. There's a bunch of different leagues across professional sports today. Some of these are like single entity ownership. So I'm an investor in the Premier Lacrosse League, for instance. That league is owned by the parent company. There's no individual owners of all the teams. So the teams all roll up to the league itself. Now that may change at some point, but it makes it super easy for smaller leagues to scale quickly because you don't have to go and vote with other owners. All the decisions can be made at the highest level and then filtered all the way down. And it's just super simple when it comes to building a league. Now, some of this carries on why the league gets bigger, but ultimately you get to a league like the NFL where every owner owns a team, they're paying billions of dollars for these teams, and they have a vote or a say in the direction of the league, right? So the NFL is still the parent company or the organization that manages the league, but there's owners for in the, the individual assets. So there's a few different ways that sports leagues go about this. But the thing that the Kings League did that I thought was brilliant was that they created a ownership model where they partnered with streamers, right? So the streamers, there's about 10 or 12 of them. They each own a team. They're presidents of the individual teams. And the way it works is that they want a distribution off the gate. So these streamers have helped the league gain millions of followers on social media. The Kings League. So we're not talking about the streamers or individuals. We're talking about the league itself. The Kings League Twitch channel has 2.9 million followers. The Kings League YouTube channel has 718,000 followers. The Kings League TikTok has 6.3 million followers. The Kings League Instagram has 2.3 million followers. And the Kings League Twitter has nearly a million followers. So not only have the streamers been super helpful when it comes to putting attention on this league, but they're imperative when it comes to the broadcast model. And this is where everyone needs to pay attention because this is where Kings League is doing something totally different and it's how they're having so much success so quickly. So what the Kings League is doing is they created a model where the streamers not only are presidents of the teams and they have an ownership stake and they're able to make the decisions, but they're also in charge of broadcasting these games, 
right? So the Kings League, unlike the NFL or any of these other leagues where they have broadcast agreements that are worth billions of dollars with TV networks or streaming services or pay-per-view or whatever it is, the Kings League allows you to watch all of their matches anywhere in the world at any time for free. For free, 100% for free. You don't need a cable service. You don't need a streaming package. You don't need pay-per-view. You don't need any of that. You can log on to Twitch. You can log on to YouTube. You can log on to TikTok and you can watch the match on their social channels for free streamed at any point, any time of the day, wherever you are. So obviously that is very unique. None of the other big sports leagues do that. And for various reasons, right? They make a lot of money off their broadcasting rights. But the other part that's even more unique is that the streamers that they partnered with, they partnered with them because they gave them access to do the distribution themselves too. And what I mean by that is that every streamer streams the games live on their channels also. So the 10 or 12 streamers that they partnered with have millions of followers across all of these social media platforms, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. And they stream the games live while the matches are being played and their fans watch along with them, right? So the reason why this is super unique is one, none of the other sports leagues allow you to do this, right? The NFL certainly doesn't allow a streamer to play the games live on their YouTube account while watching along with other people. There's ways to get around and other things that you can do, but ultimately you can't simulcast live games. It would ruin the rights for all the broadcasters and would make them worth tremendously less than they are today. So the Kings League doesn't have that problem because there was no demand, right? If they just go out and they start a league and they're only getting, you know, even if they get 100,000 viewers, they're not going to sign a billion dollar broadcasting. I mean, it's not going to happen. So what they did instead was they said, everything is going digital today. These streamers are rock stars. They're rock stars. They're celebrities. They have millions of followers on all these different platforms. They can tune in. They can start a stream or whatever it is and get hundreds of thousands or millions of viewers at a single time. That is our distribution. That's our audience right there. We'll use them. We'll give them equity in the teams. We'll allow them to make decisions and they'll be the president of each of their teams. So they had built in distribution and audience from day one by partnering with these streamers. And it's worked tremendously well with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The first match, the first ever match for the Kings League, drew 800,000 viewers on Twitch and YouTube. And in January 2023, just one month, the first month that the league went live, they amassed 238 million views on TikTok and Twitch. That was more views on TikTok and Twitch than every single traditional European football league combined. Combined, right? If you added up all of the traditional European football leagues, all of their views that they saw for that month on TikTok and Twitch, the new Kings League had more, 238 million views. That's a tremendous amount of views just on their channel alone, right? We're not even counting the streamers or anything else like that. So the distribution in the audience has been there and it's gotten there because of the streamers that they partnered with. It was an extremely intelligent decision. Now, some of you may say, how does the league make money? You'll look at the NFL, the MLB, the NBA, the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, any of these leagues, and you'll say they make most of their money off of broadcasting rights, which is 100% true. I mean, the NFL is a joke at this point. They have 10 years left on their deal now that worth $110 billion. 
they have a deal with virtually every major cable broadcast company and now streaming companies that you could imagine with Amazon and Peacock and others being thrown into the fold. But the Kings League makes money in a few different ways. One, I think it's important to remember that their expenses are incredibly low, incredibly low compared to some of these other traditional sports leagues. Their initial player salaries, players were getting paid 78 US dollars per game. $78, right? Like that is not even comparable to any other sports league around the world, at least at the professional level. Now this is amateur, so it's a little bit different, but $78 per game, that's relatively nothing. Now this year, the second year, players are going to be making anywhere from $2,700 to $8,000 for the season. So a little bit more of a pay bump depending on the skill of the player or how much the team wants to give out to each individual, but still a relatively small amount when you look at other professional sports or even high level amateur sports. So one, the expenses are really low because not only are salaries low, but you're also playing all of the matches in a refurbished stadium all at the same time. There's no stands in the stadium. It's built for TV and built for streaming. So there's just cameras and different angles and all that kind of stuff. Again, super low cost. Expenses are relatively low across the entire league. But secondly, all the attention that the league has brought has demanded huge sponsorship dollars. So the Kings League has worked with a bunch of different companies. Sharpie, Adidas, Gatorade, Spotify, InfoJobs is one of the title sponsors, McDonald's, a bunch of different people. Marca is the media partner. Cupra Arena is the stadium partner. Again, there's sponsorships all over the place. These sponsors are visible during Kings League matches. There's rotating billboards. There's different product placements like you would see across other sports leagues. There's halftime challenges, every other integration that you would see at a normal sporting event. So the reason why this is so interesting is because they've flipped the model on its head, right? They say that digital is becoming more important. Streamers are like rock stars today. These are the people that are going to give us an audience from day one. We're not trying to compete with the Premier League. We're not trying to compete with the Champions League. We don't care about La Liga. It's a totally different model, right? It's not professional football. It's amateur. And it's sort of like this video game to some extent is how they tried to build it for a generation that has seen a decrease in their attention span and wants more action. They want more activity. They want to be related to when it comes to the streamers that they're already watching on their everyday basis. So I obviously think that was incredibly smart, incredibly intelligent. But there's a couple other things to keep in mind too. Number one, other leagues can't copy this. Not that they would want to copy it, but they can't copy it because they have ownership stakes in these teams. They're multi-billion dollar industries at this point. The TV contracts, like we're seeing across the NBA today, the regional sports network is a mess, and that could upend the entire cable industry itself. I mean, we just saw what happened with Spectrum and ESPN and Disney here in the United States. That was a real threat for a period of time, right? I think it was like almost a two-week blackout at some point. But if that didn't go through and Charter or Spectrum just said, hey, we're going to leave the cable business behind, that would have had huge impacts on everything from media rights to team valuations to player salaries to sponsorships and everything else, right? So. What the Kings League is doing is they're building a foundation for their league that feels somewhat more stable to some degree, which sounds crazy to say. But if you have these streamers, again, who are these huge celebrities that have millions and millions and millions of followers, what you're able to do is you're able to have that built-in audience from day one. Then you monetize it in a reverse capacity. It's not broadcasting rights. It's sponsorships that are huge. You're able to go cut deals with these blue chip brands like Spotify, McDonald's, Sharpie, Adidas, Gatorade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you're able to make money that way. Now, it's going to be hard to build that base up, but the business is already profitable. We don't know how much revenue they're doing. 
But Gerard Piquet has come out and he said that they're profitable already after year one. They don't need to raise any more outside funding or anything like that, again, because expenses are so low. But number two, this is ripe for expansion. And I'm not just talking about expansion from like, oh, let's go create the same league in a different European country or in the United States or something like that. No. Instead, what I think is going to happen is that they're going to go out and they're going to create new leagues similar to the Kings League in Barcelona, but they're going to do it based on a language basis, right? So you can have a league where the streamers, the people that are bringing in the audience, speak Spanish. You can have one where they speak English. You can have one where they speak Portuguese. You can have one where they speak German. You can have one where they speak XYZ language, right? Every single language has the opportunity to build another league. And the reason for that is simple. The streamers, their audience speaks that language, right? It's divided. It is fragmented to some degree. So you're able to go out, you can just pick the top four, five, six, seven different languages and build different leagues based off of that. Once the model is proven in Barcelona with the streamers they currently have, the model is actually quite simple. You just go to the craziest football countries you can find, partner with the biggest streamers and do the exact same thing over and over and over again. So while it may be hard to reach the amount of revenue that you would want from a big sports league without huge broadcasting rights, my argument would be that one, you're eventually going to get some monetary adjustment from partners like Twitch and YouTube and other people like that. If you're getting 238 million views in a month, that's worth a lot of money. But secondly, the sponsorship money by having multiple different leagues could ultimately make up for that shortfall in broadcasting revenue because the NFL or leagues like that they don't operate in all these different countries. Sure, there's fans worldwide and things like that. But ultimately, the ability to go to different countries and different languages involves the whole world. And we're not talking about a sport like American football, where just one country cares about it. No, soccer is the world's most popular sport. Billions of people watch it and play it every single year. It's immensely popular. So I think the Kings League is thinking about this in a really intelligent way. I, for one, am super interested in seeing where this goes. The match in Camp No, for example, had 92,000 people there. Their second big match, what they call the Final Four, I think had like 60,000 people there. So a little bit lower. It was, albeit, a smaller stadium. But I want to see how year two goes. I want to see how year three goes. I want to see what kind of viewership numbers they're getting. I want to make sure that the streamers are all in on this, that they're not just falling off after the first year and losing interest. I want to see how much money they're able to make from a sponsorship perspective. And more importantly, I want to see how the opening of their second and their third league go, right? Are they able to replicate this? Are they able to deliver the same results that they did in year one in Barcelona, in other countries, in Latin America, across Europe, in the United States, other places like that? Can they do that? And the reason I'm so interested in this is because we've seen sports change a lot over the last even four or five years, but certainly over the last decade. Creators online, digital personalities have become more important than ever. It's the same reason why we even have the Manning cast or Pat McAfee has blown up and individuals like that. But if you just look at Twitch and YouTube and all these other places, it has opened up so many new opportunities for different sports leagues to pop up. The alternative sports investment space is red hot right now. Everyone's looking at this from an investment perspective and they're saying, okay, the NFL sort of tapped out. The NBA sort of tapped out. You got to invest billions of dollars at this point to make a substantial return. The percentage return that you're going to see versus a smaller alternative sports league is not even in the same class at this point. So many of the traditional investors that we've seen in sports for a long time, and some of the new ones for sure, have now adapted and are going in on this alternative sports strategy. So I think the Kings League is one aspect of that. But ultimately, what we're seeing is a younger generation cares about this stuff, right? Morning Consult has some interesting data that came out a year or two ago at this point. 
but it was talking about how young sports fans, they don't care about teams anymore. And I think that's pretty obvious to most people at this point that young sports fans, I grew up a Giants fan, for instance, because my dad watched the Giants. I grew up in North Carolina, but we had the Giants on every single Sunday, no matter what. Same with the Knicks, same with the Yankees and so forth. And it was because my dad grew up in New Jersey, right outside of New York City. And we watched those teams because he cared about those teams. So I had no choice. I was a Giants fan. I was a Yankees fan. I was a Knicks fan and so forth. But today it's different. A young kid might be a Patrick Mahomes fan, not a Kansas City Chiefs fan. He might be an Odell Beckham fan, not a New York Giants, not a Rams, not a Browns, not a Ravens fan. They follow the player, not the team. And that mindset applies a lot to this creator model too. Sports are these community assets. It's appointment viewing. It's the number one reason why people still have cable television today. And if you're able to combine that with the creators, the digital personalities, the people that are able to get thousands, if not millions of people to show up to a stream at one time, that creates a really, really, really valuable asset in my mind. And it's the same reason why we've seen so many of these different competitions pop up over the last few years and online personalities are making more money than ever before. So I think it's fair to assume that many of the traditional sports leagues that you or I follow today, those leagues are watching the Kings League to see how this goes. Not in the sense that they're worried about it from a competitive standpoint. Gerard Piquet has even said that they're not trying to compete with traditional soccer leagues like the Premier League, La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, League One, etc. He thinks it's a completely different product altogether. And I would agree with that. But I think these leagues are watching from a consumer standpoint. They want to see how these trends are changing, how they're able to get viewers, if they're able to monetize it correctly, and so forth. And my guess is that this thing is not going to be slowing down anytime soon. People really underestimate the size of the audience that some of these personalities have online. I don't care if you're on cable television, if you're on pay-per-view, if you're on a streaming service, or if you're on YouTube or Twitch. If you're able to get hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people, to tune in live to a sporting event, appointment viewing in real time, that is incredibly, incredibly valuable. And they're going to be able to make millions and millions of dollars on this. That's it for today, though. I hope you all enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit more about the Kings League. I'll update you all as things continue to progress. And please do me a favor. If you enjoyed this episode, leave me a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this at. Give me five stars. Tell me what you enjoyed, what I can be doing better, and so forth. Last but not least, I hope everyone has a great day. And we'll talk on Wednesday. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.